Well, um, dads, how many of you have had an embarrassing story to tell as a, as a father, right? Thank you for raising your hands. No one raised their hands in the first service, and I had to call them all liars, right? <laughs> I've only been a dad for two years, and I'm telling you, I have a million embarrassing stories, okay? And my, my first, this is kind of gross, so, but I'm just going to say it, okay? You ready? Okay. My first father, uh, Father's Day gift was when Gracie was like a few weeks old, and she's like, she's in naked mode. And, and you know, I, I'm, because I'm a good rule follower at times, at times, um, I was doing the uh, skin-on-skin contact, you know, and I'm, I'm, holding the, I'm holding her like this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Shanna, look at this. It's like the most amazing thing ever, you know. And then I feel hot, wet go down my chest, and I go, oh, no, she peed on me. Shanna goes, sweetie, that's not pee. So that was my really first, welcome to fatherhood. I know I should have said that before we prayed and then prayed after that. But being a parent is great. And, you know, I was thinking about this morning because we, we are continuing a series called Prepare Ye the Way. And that's, that's us responding to God's call on our lives here at Bridgewood Community Church to be a discipleship body, not just a culture but a discipleship church family. And we laid out four big things. We laid out discipleship, intentional discipleship. Can't, can't have a discipleship culture without that. Um, prayer, community, and mission. And we're in this series of Prepare Ye the Way, Prepare Ye the Way. We're spending about four or five weeks on each one of those and giving examples how that will be fleshed out here. But today, you might, be, you might leave with questions, well, how do we apply this, this, and that? Well, we're going to hit the how we do application of prayer, what it looks like here at Bridgewood in the weeks to come. Today, we want to focus on how do we posture ourselves to be a house of prayer? What needs to happen here so that prayer becomes something we do all the time? Now, when I say praying all the time, how many think that's exhausting? Be honest with me. Praying all the time. Right? We, don't we have definitions of that in our own minds of what prayer is? I mean, the guy that first discipled me that I can remember, um, he would tell me that every prayer request that he's ever gotten is in a box. Now, he's in his 90s now, so just imagine. Every prayer he has is in a box. And he spends, he wakes up at 4 in the morning and prays for every single one. And then follows up to see if they're answered. <laughs> and I'm going, Whew. And that ain't happening with me. <laughs> I am not waking up at four in the morning, first off. And secondly, I can't sit still long enough to, to, to pray for four or five hours straight for every single prayer request. That's why I pray for the requests I get right then and there. Because I know it'll be challenging, right? But we have all these different ways that we pray with God. But how we define it here when Scripture says pray without ceasing, that literally means being consciously conscious of His presence. Constantly conscious of his presence. Because you can't live a life of prayer if you're not connected with Jesus. Right? I mean, you just, you can't. It's because prayer is dialogue. So if you're not connected with Jesus, then who are you talking to? <laughs> right? So I was, I was thinking of praying on this, and, and it being Father's Day, I was trying to think of what is the probably most impactful memory I have 
or greatest memory I have with my dad. Now, not everyone has a, had a great relationship with their father, some bad, some none at all, some really great. And there's always moments, though, of joy in the midst of even challenging ones. And, and, and I, have a, I think I have a pretty good dad. And one of the things that I loved more than anything, when I thought about it, you know, was it all the ball games he went to and wrestling matches, that was great. I loved having him there. But my favorite thing to do with my dad was when he asked me if I wanted to go on a walk with him. Now, that doesn't seem like much. But I loved it because I felt like I was invited to the adult's table. Does that make sense? And I felt like he just wanted to be with me. We're just walking. We're not necessarily going anywhere. He just wants to be with me. And I thought, that is really cool. And so I would walk with him and try and keep up with him. It took me years before I could get to his pace. Literally years. I was 20 yards behind. So we didn't talk about anything when we started because I'm like six and I'm running while he's walking. Um, and then finally, I would be able to keep pace with him um, without throwing up. It was a great, great time, you know, to be able to like have the endurance to do that. But when, when I was able to walk in pace, in step with him, conversation began to flow really beautifully. Because you can't really have a conversation with someone when they're 20 yards behind you or 20 yards ahead of you, right? I mean, it's just not going to happen. But there's something about walking that's so intimate, and I can't explain it. But some of my best conversations, one-on-one conversations, happen when I'm walking with someone. I have coffee with a lot of people, and you're sitting across from a table, and there can be good moments in that. But I always try to get it to a point, if they have time, can we walk and talk now for a minute? And something happens. I don't know what it is. But something happens. So I think of those moments with my dad, and I go, some of the greatest moments of intimacy between my dad and I came when I was just walking with him. And I would argue that that is the key to pleasing God is simply walking with Jesus. Simply walking with him. Well, what does that mean? Walking with Jesus. Well, walking conveys in Scripture, in the Hebrew, intimacy with God. A deep-rooted intimacy with God. So when we talk about walking with God, we're talking about a deep intimacy with Him. But there's a reason why they choose the word walk, because there's something intimate about that, because you're going the same direction with someone at the same pace, experiencing every moment together. You're, you're experiencing together. Now, when I was trailing my dad, he would experience everything ahead of me before I would, but there's something different when you experience it together. And um, I'm going to be skipping around here in Scripture, so I just want you to listen. Today, your task is just to listen. Is that okay? And listen to what God has to say to you. But there's a, a guy in Scripture that embodies what we're talking about today so beautifully. And there's not a ton on him, but there's enough to give us a real insight to why this is important. When we look in Genesis 5, we see the genealogy between Adam, from Adam to Noah. And if you read the genealogy and you stay awake to get through it, it says so-and-so was the son of so-and-so who lived so many years and then he died. And that's how each one goes. Okay? Then he died, then he died, then he died, then he died, and then they hit Enoch. And it's different. 
Because it says, Enoch walked with God. That's the phrase, walked with God. And then he was no more because God took him. It didn't say he died. It said God took him. And if we look at Hebrews 11, we see why. In Hebrews 11.5, it says this, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found. No one could find him. Because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. So when you ask the question, how do I please God? Here's your answer. Walk with God. Now, Let's pause there for a second, because a few weeks ago, we talked about the difference between need and desire. Too often, too often in the church today, in the history of the church, have we approached life in Christ from a place of need. It is very true. We need Jesus. Every single one of us needs God. But when we we pray... More times than not, it's out of some kind of need or request, right? Because need never existed until the fall. Because God gave us, in the garden, he gave Adam and Eve everything they would possibly need, so they were never in need of anything. They wouldn't even know what that is. Because God said, here it is. You can have anything you want. And because he's a loving God, he gives us free will. And so he says, but just don't eat from here. So the act that we see at the fall was not about the, the, the need of something. It was about the want of something. And so what we see in the garden is all about desire. God, all he wants, he didn't create you and me to do stuff for him. I mean, I don't see that in Genesis, the beginning. Do you? It was for his good pleasure. It was for relationship. It was to be with each other. It's to walk with each other in the garden. And we chose, because it is a we thing, because of the people before us, it is a generational thing, we chose that we wanted something else. Yes, were they tricked? Yes. But they desired something different. And so... We still operate out of need, even though Jesus is here. He's forgiven us of sin. He says, I'm all you need. I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. Now it's about desire. So do you want him? You know that song from the 80s, I want you to want me. You know, That's God's message to us. Even in that, the movie Bruce Almighty, he says to, Bruce says to God, how do I make them love me? And God, who's played by Morgan Freeman, which I'm okay with, says, let me know when you figure that out. (laughs) Right? Because we try so hard to be people of grace. We really do. I mean, we, we preach a big game about grace in the Christian church, don't we? It's by grace we've been saved. Yet, we feel the weight of what we would call failure. I failed God. Has anyone ever said that in their hearts? I'm asking you to be vulnerable here. I've said it. Lord, I failed you. 
I failed you, as though it's conditional. As though walking with him and, and experiencing his presence and his love, his love isn't conditional. It's unconditional. But yet we still live at this place of need. So we talk about grace, but we still go, my life needs to reflect Jesus through all my actions in a place that I cannot fail. And, and then we go, I'm going to live for God. And Mark talked about the different postures, I think, last week. And it's like, I want to live for God. I'm going to expand the kingdom by doing A, B, C, and D. And we live out of need rather than desire. Now, I have a good friend of mine who's a pastor, and he's going through a critical time in his life, in his walk with, with Christ, where everything is against him, it feels like. And he's asking, God, where are you in this? Where are you? I don't see you. I don't feel you. I don't. What is going on? And so how do you walk with God when you don't feel his presence? And, uh, you know, I simply asked him, and I, you know, because I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we, we know what we would say. We can say the right thing a lot of times, but it's hard to apply. Yes? So I said to him, I said, if everything was going well and you didn't need God, would you want God? And there was just silence. And then I said, if your situation never changed, it was, it was bad and you knew it was always going to stay bad, would you want God? And it stayed silent. Because if the situ- it's not about our situations. It's about who God is. Who God is that speaks life into all those situations. So it has to go beyond our fundamental need for him to the fundamental desire in which we were created. But for some reason, it's more comfortable for us to live in need because it's measurable. It's simple math. I need this in my life, so I'm going to call him to help with that need. But what if that need is not met at that time? Do I still want him? Can I go beyond need? Well, uh, Mark was telling me, he brought Enoch up to me and it just didn't leave me. And Mark says, well, you know what Enoch's name means? And I said, yeah, I really don't. And he says, it means narrow. And I thought, huh, that means nothing to me. <laughs> I'm like, narrow. So I started thinking about it and praying about it. And thank you. I'm like pretending to drink water. It's not there anymore. That's right. <laughs> like every little sip helps. And so I started thinking of the word narrow. All right, what does that mean to me? Well, if you have a narrow path, then it's pretty clear what path you need to take, right? It sticks out because it's narrow. It's, there's one way. It's, it's direct. Um, it's direct. It's right there. And it might be hard because it's narrow, but it's right there. You can see it. And so I'm thinking, Enoch's name is narrow, and you have a culture that's trying to do all this stuff and, and obey all these laws. And it says, Enoch did not taste death because he walked with God. And that's all it takes to please him is to be with him. That's what Scripture tells us that. We're the ones that confuse everything else. And we play the comparison game. Well, man, I can't. I can't do what Billy Graham does. I mean, I mean, there's a, a study done on how many people he has spoken to over his lifetime. It's over a billion. I'm like, um, 
that ain't happening. I'm like, Lord, I can't, I can't. Now, that's a terrible thing to say, by the way. Never go before the Lord and say, I can't. Whew. But I did. I, said, I can't. I can't bring millions to Jesus. I just can't do that. And then you feel like your life doesn't measure up to some of these spiritual giants. And even pastors in a small local church can be a giant to someone. And people in a, a church of 30, 30 people will look at a pastor and go, I can't do what he does. Well, maybe you're not meant to do what he does. But we're all meant to do one thing that is the same, and that's be with Jesus. If you learn to walk with Jesus and just go where he goes and be in his presence at a desire and not need, that's a life that has fulfilled the call of God. Because remember, it's not about, yes, God calls us to go do stuff, but it's out of a desire to be where he is, and you honor him. Not because you need to, but because you want to. But it all starts with desiring him first. And if you're where he is, and you're walking in step with him, and you're ministering with him back and forth, because he invites us to minister to his heart too, by the way. If, if we're doing that, that is a call fulfilled. You may have not led millions to Christ, but believe me, he's going to lead you to people that need to know who he is. And so if you're walking with him, people's lives will be changed, and that's a life fulfilled. You know, we've been talking about Peter a lot over the last few months. He says, poor Peter. I mean, the guy really shows us what not to do, doesn't he? But he also shows us what to do, how to respond how to respond to the things he would call failures of the past. This is a guy I believe lived in a lot of shame between the encounters he had with Jesus, especially in his last days. I mean, how could you not? You know, you deny the, who you said is the Messiah three times. That's got to eat at you, right? But here we, here we go. Let's go back to, G, to Peter walking on water. He says to Jesus, Jesus, if that's you... Call me to you. And this is where I found Enoch's name is interesting because Peter has a narrow path. He sees exactly where he has to go. And, and so when Jesus says, come to me, that's the invitation, come to me, he steps out of the boat, and we in the church go, yay, Peter is a man of great faith. He stepped out of the boat. We've done a year-long series of stepping out of the boat, right? We've heard those things. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. That's just part of the story. Because with each step, that narrow way got wider and wider and wider. And he saw more than just Jesus when Jesus wants to be the only thing we see. And so maybe it is that simple. That pleasing God is simply being with and walking with him. Maybe it's that simple. Because I'm telling you, especially pastors, we spend our lives studying this, trying to interpret it, trying to figure out what it all means to us, figure out how do we communicate this to people, how do, how do we minister with all this. I don't know what this means, and I don't know what that means, but I'll tell you what this means. I do know this, that if we don't walk with Jesus and desire him, who cares? I don't want to be here. Because I don't want to try and interpret something to, for the sake of being fancy and to lead people conviction into a relationship that they don't want. And that I don't want. 
but just need. Believe me. I don't know if Shanna would marry me if I just said, I need you. Right? Because then it's about what that person can provide for me. What benefit that person is for me. I desired her. I wanted her. That's why I asked her to marry me. Yeah, she provides a need in my life where she off-balances some of my weird quirks. You know? Or balances out my weird quirks. But there's desire there. God doesn't want you to just need him. He wants you to want him. And that is clear in Scripture. You don't need an interpreter for that. He says, from beginning to end and throughout, abide in me, be with me. He gave that invitation to the rich young ruler. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Well, you've done this and this and this. Yeah, well, sell your stuff and be with me. And he goes, no. And we see Peter do this. We see this narrow way that becomes broader and broader. And guess what? He learns from it because, again, we see in Acts 3, we see when he sees that crippled man outside the gate and beautiful when they're going to the temple. He sees the man. I mean, it's direct. It's bam. And he says, look at me. Now, I, I, I'm dramatic so I, in my dreaming. So when I read Peter, I don't hear him say, hey, dude, look at me. I'm like, look at me with enthusiasm, with power. I don't have money. I don't have this stuff. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, stand up, be healed. Guess what he imparted? Not just healing, he imparted Jesus on him. He brought him to the presence of Jesus and healing took place, which says this, the only path we're to take is the narrow one that's walking with Jesus. Only one. Everything else will fall into place because when you want what he wants, then you're going to do it. You're going to see it. My original desire to be a pastor was because I watched my dad do it. And I walked with him. And then I realized that's my call too. But I watched him. And my desires became his desires when it came to the kingdom. Because of being in his presence. And I wanted to be there. I didn't need to be there. I wanted to be there. So like I said, I'm a big dreamer. And so when I think about Bridgewood, I dream all the time about it. What it can look like. What it should look like. But more importantly, God, what do, you, what do you want it to be? And we haven't really talked about this, but I want to acknowledge that we had a kick in um, potluck a few weeks ago. Okay? And someone brought the typical jello with the vegetables in it and stuff, you know, carrot stuff or whatever, you know. And I'm like, this is a potluck. This is great. And I remember standing in the lawn, and there's hundreds of people. I mean, there was a line for an hour that was coming through the sanctuary. And I'm just boggled. My mind is blown. I'm like, whoa, my goodness, this is amazing. And I'm watching our people talk with people and just commune with one another, which is a way in which we walk with God, by the way. It's called to love him and then love one another with the same kind of love we love him. And they're not different in the Greek. Same word, same tense. Okay. And I'm watching and I'm going, Lord, man, if we can do this all the time, if we, if we can come together like this, oh my goodness, right? But think about it. If we're trying to build a discipleship culture and prayer is a non-negotiable and we want to be a house of prayer, how amazing would it be? We could have, you know, if you wanted to structure stuff, you could say we're going to have prayer on Monday and Wednesday and Friday nights. And if we're walking with Jesus 
and we want to be where he's at, and he's calling us to that, then it's not obligation. It's not, I don't have time for this. We want to be there. And then you see a church praying all the time together. That's just an example. That's just where I go. Because sometimes we go, you know, I can, man, i got to preach. Ugh. You know, not today, of course. But when we desire what he wants and we're walking with him, then things become less about obligation and more about opportunity to see what he's going to do. And I dream about that here all the time. Because, really, the stuff we talk about, the stuff we're seeing happen in people's lives here, and, and it's been a blessing to hear testimonies because a lot, a lot of times as a pastor, you don't get to hear them. You don't get to hear how God's affecting people, um, at least not from first person. Um, when you hear that, and then you see, other, you know, we meet with other pastors, and we hear what they're doing and what's not happening and what is happening here. I'm like, God has something for us special here. And I'm not just saying that because... My call is here. I'm, that's what brought me here. That God's doing something here that's going to set the tone for the church, not just in the cities, but beyond. Now, we may not be able to see it, and we may not experience it here, but we're sowing into something that's beyond us that comes not for our need for him, but our desire for him, and our desire to see him set this place on fire so everyone would not just need him, but want him, want to be where he is. And I'm going to tell you this. One of the greatest things for me is now my daughter can walk, and when she comes up, I'm sorry, I'm a mess. When she comes up and holds my hand and just wants to walk with me, there is no greater feeling like that in the world. There's no agenda. It's just being in the presence and her wanting to. Not because she needs me to get her a juice or more food or more Lego blocks, which are all over the place, by the way, just horrible. But because she wants to. That's what God desires from us. Not because we have to or that we need to, but because we want to. And that ministers to his heart. And Bridgewood Community Church, he's calling to be a church family that ministers to his heart. Amen? (laughs) Well, let's pray. Because I'm going to be a basket case. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you um, that you just love us so much. And we love you, Lord. We really love you. We may not we may not understand everything that happens in our lives, and we may cry out, Lord, where are you? But in those moments, will you help us minister to you? And even when we don't feel you, just say, Lord, we worship you anyways. My situation is not going to dictate my love for you because our sin doesn't dictate your love towards us. So, Lord, we minister to you now. We say hallelujah. We say glory to your name. We say holy is your name. We worship you in spirit and truth, not for what it gives us, but Lord, we want to give to you all that we are to honor and glorify you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. And we ask that in this time, as we worship more, I just, I ask God that we would just allow you to strip away the things that bind us and that you would um, move freely in us and through us and out of us and, and we would worship you in spirit and truth, not for what it brings us, for what, for what it brings you. The worship and the praise is about you. And I ask in this time as we, we take our tithes and offerings, that they would be for you. That we would give out of a desire to honor you because we trust you and we are people of faith.
And so everything we have is yours. So whatever you're calling us to give, may we give, not because we have to, not because we need to, but because we want to, because of who you are. And so may we celebrate who you are as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.